Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everybody, and welcome into this episode of The History Of, presented by the Believe Podcast Network, LA's number one home for sports podcasts. I'm your host, Wolfie Tash. From 1996 to 2004, the Lakers had one of their greatest duos since the Showtime Lakers of the 1980s. The duo of Shaquille O'Neal and Kobe Bryant would go on to make a combined 13 All-Star teams, 14 All-NBA teams, and make four NBA Finals while winning three of them. They became icons in their sport and their city. However, eventually, the duo parted ways and went on to gain fame without each other. So... How were two players able to become the greatest yet most controversial dynamic duo of all time? This is the history of the Lakers' greatest dynamic duo. In 1996, a young unknown kid named Kobe Bryant became the first guard to ever be drafted straight out of high school by the former Charlotte Hornets, who took the 18-year-old with the 13th overall pick in the draft. However, Lakers executive Jerry West saw something in Bryant and knew the Lakers had to have him. So, in a stunning draft day trade, the Lakers sent established center Vladi Divac for Bryant straight up. Later in that offseason, West knew that in order to really make the Lakers a contender, they were going to need to sign a big-name free agent. So, West went after literally the biggest free agent available that offseason, and he was able to lure star big man Shaquille O'Neal away from the Magic to join the Lakers. When the pair first met in 1996, they didn't really get along per se at first. O'Neal was an established star in this league already, having won the Rookie of the Year, made four All-Star teams, and was named to the All-NBA team three times, and had taken his Magic team to the Finals one year, only to lose to Hakeem at the Dream. However, after O'Neal met the 18-year-old Bryant, he kind of felt like Bryant had this confidence to him, but it didn't really seem like confidence. It more seemed like arrogance. And for those first few years, Bryant became to slowly and surely kind of prove to O'Neal that it was confidence, not arrogance. Bryant began to establish himself throughout the league, making the all-rookie team in 1997 and the all-NBA third team in 1999. Meanwhile, Shaq continued to dominate basketball, making the All-NBA team and finishing in the top 10 of the MVP vote each of those three years. But as good as the Lakers were, and let's not forget, they were pretty dang good as they finished second in the West twice and first once between 1997 and 1999, they came up short of the finals in each of those seasons. And along the way, Kobe and Shaq managed to decently get along, but, you know, there was always things going on between the two of them. However, prior to the start of the 1999-2000 season, both Kobe and Shaq could finally agree on one thing, and that was that they wanted legendary Bulls coach Phil Jackson to be their head coach. Each player approached Jerry West and told him they needed to sign Jackson. And while normally owner Jim Buss was kind of on the cheaper side when it came to spending money on coaches, Because both stars could finally agree on something, Jim Buss decided to tell Jerry West to go ahead and do it, and they signed the six-time NBA champion to a five-year, $30 million deal. 
Phil Jackson would quickly prove to the Lakers that he was worth the money they spent. Jackson became the first coach to really make Kobe and Shaq play well together on the court and respect each other off the court. That first year, Jackson made Shaq the focal point of the offense and had the entire offense run through him, which allowed Kobe to expand his game more and score from the mid-range, leading to a lot of success for the Lakers. The Lakers finished that regular season with a 67-15 record, which at the time was tied for the 6th best record in NBA history. Shaq was named NBA MVP, averaging a league-best 29.7 points per game, 13.6 rebounds per game, and 3 blocks per game, while also shooting a league-high 57.4% from the field, while Bryant averaged 22.5 points per game, 6.3 rebounds per game, and 5 assists per game, while making his first All-NBA defensive team. The pair led the Lakers into the playoffs going 8-2 over the first two rounds. However, after being up 3-1 in the Western Conference Finals, the Lakers dropped the next two games and found themselves in a winner-take-all Game 7. In the fourth quarter, down by 15, Shaq and Kobe helped lead the team to a 25-4 run, capped off by what many people claim to be the defining moment as teammates for the two. As Kobe drove into the lane, he lobbed a ball up, which Shaq grabbed by one hand and threw it down for the score. Shaq then ran back towards the bench, arms high in the air, and the team would win the game 89-84, and Shaq and Kobe would advance to their first NBA Finals. In the Finals, the Lakers were no match for the Eastern Conference champion Pacers, as the Lakers would win the series 4-1, and they would capture their first NBA title since 1988. Kobe and Shaq had finally began to respect each other, and Shaq had finally captured that elusive title that he had been working so hard for his whole career. After the game, Shaq and Kobe were the first to embrace each other on the court. The next year, the Lakers picked right back up where they had left off and continued to run the ball through Shaq and implemented Phil's triangle offense. Kobe and Shaq both finished the year averaging 28 points per game, leading the Lakers to a 56-26 and 26 record, good for best in the Western Conference. And Shaq and Kobe were both named All-Stars, All-Defensive Players, and to the All-NBA team. The pair were dominant, and nobody could really figure out how to slow them down at all. And the Lakers, they came into the playoffs this year very, very hot as Shaq had been averaging nearly 37 points per game in the final two weeks of the season. The Lakers then proceeded to go on one of the greatest postseason runs of all time. They went 15-1 en route to their second consecutive NBA championship. Shaq won his second consecutive Finals MVP, cementing himself as the face of the NBA, while Kobe became an established scorer who really couldn't be stopped by anyone at that point. All was good within the Lakers organization, except for the fact that even with all the winning going on, Shaq and Kobe constantly picked at one another. Shaq would complain that Kobe was getting too much freedom to shoot the ball, and Kobe would complain that Shaq was out of shape and not giving his best effort on the defensive side. Nonetheless, while the two clearly didn't love each other, they were able to put their differences aside when it mattered most and both get what they wanted by the end of the season. While the Lakers took a bit of a dip in their performance in the 2001-2002 season, they still managed to finish second place in the West, and, and even with a very bumpy road through the Western Conference Finals, 
cough, cough, the refs rigged game six, cough, cough. I mean, excuse me, I'm a little, little hoarse, didn't mean to say that there, but you know what I mean. The Lakers made it back to the finals and ended up sweeping the New Jersey Nets in four games. Shaq took home his third consecutive finals MVP. Kobe and Shaq were both named first team All-NBA. And everything seemed to be good in L.A. once again between the two. The next season, Shaq had to miss some time due to a foot injury. And during his absence, at the start of the 2002-2003 season, Shaq had to miss some time due to an injury. And during his absence, Phil Jackson instructed Kobe to take over as the leading scorer. And Kobe proved he was ready. Throughout a stretch of the season, Kobe scored 40 points in nine straight games. However, due to the team's slow start, they only managed a five seed in the West and missed out on home field advantage. They would beat the Minnesota Timberwolves in the first round. However, they would fall to the eventual champion San Antonio Spurs in the conference semis, ending their run of consecutive titles. Now, to start the 2003-2004 season, this is where things finally started to spiral out of control for the team. To start things off, both stars came into the camp with their separate issues. Bryant had been accused of rape in the offseason and spent most of that offseason dealing with legal issues while recovering from knee surgery. On the other hand, Shaq was lobbying for a new contract and would constantly bring it up throughout the team facilities, to the media, to the coaches, and pretty much anyone who would listen to him. He wanted the biggest contract he could possibly get, and he felt he was deserving of it. But at the same time, he would always talk about his team and never really mention Kobe. It would always be, you know, these players but not Kobe, or these players but not Kobe. And to make things even crazier for the Lakers, they signed veterans Carl Malone and Gary Payton to the veterans minimum, and the team was being heralded as the greatest team ever, with two future Hall of Famers in Malone and Payton, and the two biggest superstars in the league in Kobe and Shaq. However, Kobe and Shaq continuously feuded with one another. Kobe would complain that Shaq was still not putting forward his best effort and was lazy when it came to training, while Shaq complained that Kobe was a ball hog who needed to learn how to play his position. Despite this constant back and forth, the Lakers started off that 2003-2004 season with a 21-3 record, and they looked like they were going to be one of the greatest teams of all time. However, throughout the year, talks of contract extensions, relationships, and anything else continued to come up in the media, and it was clear that Shaq and Kobe were not going to be able to coexist for much longer. The one thing really keeping the two of them sane was the fact that they were in a great spot to win yet another NBA championship. They entered the playoffs as a two-seed and cruised through the first three rounds of the playoffs. And then they went into the NBA Finals as the heavy, heavy favorites over the scrappy Detroit Pistons, who had just come off an upset of the Indiana Pacers. However, in that series, the unthinkable would happen. The Pistons would pull off one of the greatest upsets in Finals history beating the Lakers in six games. After the end of the finals, Shaq learned that the Lakers were considering extending Kobe and letting Phil Jackson go, and this made Shaq so mad that he demanded to be traded. Eventually in that offseason, Shaq was traded to the Miami Heat for three players and a first-round pick, while just a day after that trade, 
Kobe would sign a seven-year extension, and the Lakers would end up bringing Phil Jackson back for another five. Looking back on this, a lot of people across the NBA, and also myself, even though I'm not in the NBA, believe that Shaq and Kobe could have coexisted to win, I mean, like five more NBA titles at that point. Literally, they could have made the finals every single year together and been easily the greatest duo in NBA history, let alone in Lakers history, in NBA history. They would have surpassed Jordan and Pippen with flying colors. And it just didn't work out because it was two guys who really believed they were the best and wanted to be the best, but couldn't coexist with one another. Eventually, each one would go on to win championships without the other, as Shaq won with the Heat in 2006 and Kobe won with the Lakers in 2009 and 2010. In 2018, both Kobe and Shaq appeared to officially deal with their beef on a televised event where the two cleared the air on everything and officially put this whole beef to rest. As we're about to begin the 2019-2020 season, the Lakers come into the year with one of the best dynamic duos in the NBA in LeBron James and Anthony Davis, both who happen to be ranked in the preseason top five of the best players in the NBA. And if they can stay healthy, the Lakers will easily end that playoff drought that they've been trying to end for so long. And giving Laker fans something to hold on to and reminisce about and feel like that they've finally made it back to the top. These two players can definitely do it. I mean, if you've watched anything in the preseason so far, you've got to have watched these Lakers. They look really, really good. And I'm pretty excited, even as a Clipper fan, to see what they can do this year, even though I think the Clippers are going to be better and, you know, knock them out of the playoffs. But that's another podcast for another time. But while LeBron and AD might not have as much time together as Kobe and Shaq did, they will have a chance to cement themselves as one of the greatest dynamic duos in NBA history. Thank you all so much for listening today. Be sure to check out the next episode of The History Of coming soon. And check out the Believe Podcast Network for other great sports podcasts like this one. I'm Wolfie Tash, and you've been listening to The History Of on the Believe Podcast Network, LA's number one home for sports podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.